listening to the Unlocking Business Growth Podcast with Nola Heal. Welcome to the Unlocking Business Growth Podcast. I'm your host, Nola Heal. Today, I'm pleased to be welcoming Murray Malley, a fellow chartered accountant whom I've known for many years. Murray is founder and president of MediDirect Inc. HR and Inc., a single login multi-currency database payroll benefits and HRIS system. He is a CPACA, a member of the Institute of Corporate Directors, and received his MBA International Management from the American Graduate School of International Management, Thunderbird, in 2001. Murray has more than 30 years of senior executive experience in the financial, technology, medical, aviation, manufacturing, and distribution industries, and has served as director and chairman of numerous not-for-profit public and private companies. Over 20 years, he turned 14 companies around to profitability, and he was president of Mali Associates for 10 years, an association of C-suite executives providing small and mid-cap companies with mentoring and guidance on financial strategies, governance, and corporate sustainability. Murray received the 2015 TechRev Innovators Award for Software Development and the 2000 Distinguished Service Award from the Institute of Chartered Accountants of Alberta. In 1998, he was a member of an executive team which received the Entrepreneur of the Year Special Recognition category. Murray was a gold medalist in the Chartered Accountants Taxation Exam and has written and presented articles and seminars on human resource management and benefits, corporate sustainability, enterprise risk management, governance, and succession. Welcome, Murray. Thank you for joining us today. To start us off, I wonder if you could give us a little bit of background beyond the bio. Why the move to creating a highly comprehensive payroll, benefits, and human resource information system and service offering? Well, my journey put it to a point about 20 years ago that nothing existed to do it. So, like my background, you know, I turned companies around for 20 years. And the biggest frustration I had, or when I reflected on it, was you're dealing with people. When you're turning a company around, it's based on people doing it. And I was in the position where, you know, payroll and HR and people always referred up at that time into the finance department. That was where they reported to. But we we had spreadsheets and paperwork and our in our at that time our only goal was did we pay them right? You know, that they you know, they worked for 30 hours and times the rate. And then, you know, we didn't re the last person you want managing HR is an accountant, right? So, but guess where that was reporting to? So our only concern was paying people right and and hopefully got that right. So when I sat down and I bought this little company called MediDirect at the time, I said, okay, what can I do with this? And somebody, and I have a napkin. There was four of us that sat around a table and the guy said, well, it's the same database. And there was an eight, two HR people, uh, HR consultants, a guy that owned an international payroll company and myself and around the finance. And they said, wouldn't it be neat if somebody built a single system that did everything? Because the database is the same for benefits, for payroll, for HR. And then, so I said, okay. So I sat down, looked at that, and then I started reading. Why I started the business initially was to, you know, change how people uh, receive their benefits. And then I built in the payroll system in that. And then I started looking at things, but we soon discovered while we were doing that, that this is all interrelated. It's complex and it's interrelated. 
So what we can't have is a file drawer, you know, we're still talking file drawers back in those days. It's just a different, you know, now it's electronic. But we have a file drawer about the person, certain things, education and how we want them to develop and that sort of thing. Then we have a file drawer benefits that the insurance broker said, well, here's what, here's your choices. And, you know, this is what it's going to cost you. And I'll take you golfing once a day or once a year. Um, and then we had the payroll side of things and we had to deal with that, you know, so you had all these things, but they were all disjointed in different file drawers. And then when you, when something happened, compliance audit, how much does that cost a company when somebody asks a question? So then we said, okay, how do we put this all together? And that's when we started saying, well, we have to build a rules engine. So the whole intention of this was to make the connection between the employee and the employer easier without having to have a whole bunch of disjointed work and then have the concern about somebody leaving the company with all the expertise. Everything to do with people is related to time as the very basic denominator. And then everything is calculated off of that. So it doesn't matter if you're a salary or whatever, but everything that we do with people in a company, we either bill for their time, we have to pay for their time, we have to, but nobody looks at that and says, well, we got to do that as the basis. So why did I start the business was simply to try to put that all into one place that it wasn't disjointed and it could be accessed easily. Then the computer age, you know, we started programming it. We built the system in order to make sure the company didn't have to worry about the hard HR. That's all of the compliance, the poopy stuff nobody likes to deal with. All of the stuff that we are audited on. Compliance is, is requirement, is regulation. Labor standards is regulation around making sure people stay safe and they're not overworked and that they're treated fairly. That's the intention of labor standards. Then we have CRA. They want their pound of flesh withholding. And then we have all of the reporting that's supposed to go into, which turns out it goes into Stats Canada. Your T4 statement, when you get it, it's the uploading into Stats Canada. It's the breakout. That's why they break all those things apart is so that the government is at the time is able to get stats to do things. So we, we have to make sure that it's compliant and whole and it's um, consistent. So you have to build a system that takes all of those drawers and connects them to what they need to be so that report A, B, and C are all based on the same common denominator information at the beginning so that it's consistent. And it's taken 17 years to get to where we are because because every labor standard is different and, and you got to be able to deal with the changing. You know, I'm looking at the Phoenix system. They'll never fix that. It'll, it, it, they can't because it doesn't, it's not set up to what it, the purpose of it's for. And nobody's looked at that. They just think it needs to be a calculator to give a per person a paycheck. Nola, you and I both know, you know, it, it costs about 110 to $120 per paycheck to pay an employee each and every time you pay them. When you include all of the time that you put into it, where everybody always goes, well, you know, my payroll system only costs me $8 an employee to write a check. That's after you did 100 hours of work before that to do the data input so it could calculate one number for CRA, not how do I manage my people and how and all of this information. And, you know, the reason I built that is to try get that put into place. And, uh, you know, now I found out it's pretty hard, but <laughs> it seemed easy 17 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> after the fact, hindsight is sure an exact science. That's pretty awesome. 
but I, it was it was like a stone down a river. Like I just started, and then it was somebody said, "Well, what about payroll? What about the you know like let's add this stuff." And then you start looking at it and saying, "How does that fit into there?" Then when we started the program, that's a whole another story. That was <laughs> at least you started with the understand the process and get it working first, because no doubt you were not building it necessarily through the computer programming all those years ago. And I can certainly attest um, from my financial executive experience that the payroll and human resource side is one of the most painful parts of the audit every year. It takes minimal time for the auditors to review it, but when you start trying to prepare the documentation and explain to them what has changed or what has happened, you literally are running around digging through a variety of filing cabinets and pieces of paper and explanations. So no doubt you found that. On that point, it's interesting. Okay, how much time you spent there, right? Where we can pull that report out for you, say, okay, you need this and this and this, and the comparatives, you push it and out it comes. Now, the auditor, it was interesting, was talking to the compliance auditors of the institute that audit the auditor. So they audit the work that the auditor does on what documentation do you have for proof that you did this work right so that, you know, the insurance company doesn't, you know, you don't have a problem. 50% of the compliance notes to those auditors on the entire audit file, 50%, up to 50% of those notes is on payroll because they don't have the comparison. Now, you spent how much time in the company to do that? And now the auditor is getting hammered on it too. And so their return on investment for the time they spend on that is very poor. And all of our competition doesn't care about that. They always look at it because it's a calculator. It's, as they say, our value is, is different. And it took me a long time to figure that out. Absolutely. So that brings us to the point. Okay. So- So we all know about the big payroll companies and no doubt when you are speaking with um, clients, Uh they probably compare you to the big payroll companies. So run us through, how how is your service different? What are you doing that those companies are perhaps not doing? So I guess I take a look at what you have to do to use their systems. So we talked about that, all that work you have to do to get it ready, to put into the system. So I'll call it, I'll just call them competition. You know, pick your, choose your poison. <laughs> so the difference is when you go onto their websites, many of them, there is a section that when you click on, it opens up, here's all of the resources that you need. Here's the CRA rules. Here's the labor standard rules. Here's the, it's a library of information that somebody needs to know. Ours is built into the system. So now when we capture the time, it automatically calculates everything. So what we are doing is shifting the responsibility of away from having to have a data input person that prior to them doing the data input into the, you know, into our competition's payroll system is no longer needed. So all of that time that you spent getting that ready and it's all stored, it's audit compliant, it's it's got a tracking trail to it. So our system doesn't require a data input person at the end in order to run the system. It starts at the employee. Our system is employee-centric. Our system allows the employee, for example, to choose how they get paid. And maybe we can discuss that a little bit later too. But instead of saying, here's the rules and there's what you got to do, and then people chase around to get things, the employee enters it and then it, that runs the system because the employee is already giving you that information. We just do it in a different way. We gather it easier, but we don't do it in a separate system. You know, we replace five or six software platforms and services with a single login. That's the difference. 
that we don't have to combine or integrate into any other systems. We don't have to move information from one system to another. So that's that's what makes us there. And that takes a while for the company to understand that because, gee, that's my job. Well, no, your job can be now actually analyzing stuff. And now if there's a CRA audit or a payroll audit or somebody asks questions or somebody's asking, all of that data and information is connected that they can actually just pull the report. They can say, okay, I want this and I want this and I want this and I want to compare it to this date and this date, push a button and there it is. As opposed to looking in those filing cabinets or trying to honestly trying to find it on a C drive on somebody's computer somewhere. And we wanted to build this for small business, not for the guys that have 20,000 employees. They have huge accounting systems that won't change. But the company with 20, 30 employees, they don't have that option or 40 employees or two employees. They're at a disadvantage when they comes to managing people. So our system is allowing that to happen better or easier, I'll say. And yesterday, a gentleman used the word simplicity. And I said, well, we've been trying to use that. And he said, no, this simplicity says just it's the beauty of it. And I said, okay, (laughs) but it's true. So So the value to our clients is it reduces their time and effort to do it and their compliance. So it'll reduce their costs in the future. As you say, when somebody asks the question, well, what about this? is a compliant. That's the whole thing about compliant audit is it did you calculate it right? And we've got the history. Makes a lot of sense. So you you building in a combination of an incredibly powerful master file of data that does not need to change about the employee. No doubt you probably have um, securities around that so that the employee cannot wake up one morning and, you know, go go triple their pay just for this payroll because it would be convenient because I need to, uh, you know, pay for my uh, great-grandmother's favorite house in the month. And then the payroll itself certainly sounds like it's a lot easier to run. Well, I must admit, this sounds like a pretty expensive system. So for a new client moving over to you, do I understand that there's a great big take-on fee or something expensive? How do you migrate clients into your system? Maybe this is my downfall is I don't charge that. So (laughs) the competition makes a lot of money. And then then I hear the argument afterwards, well, you know, we're so far into this or, you know, we have this big cost that we put up. We have to amortize it over two or three years so we can't move. And in our my world, it's sort of like, well, that's a sunk cost. So to get a new client on, what we do is we we uh, we do the transition and then set up for them. So we sit down and have a discussion with them, say, okay, what is it that you want out of the system? Because there's two purposes for that. One is, can we help them and can we service them? Because the last thing I want to do is we get into this and then, you know, six months later, they go, well, this isn't what I wanted. So if we can't satisfy their needs, then we probably shouldn't provide them a service. And then when we understand what it is that they need and we can do that, then we will set it up and pass it over them to use it. And the setup fee for that is it's one or two months of the payroll. So, you know, as a normal payroll fee, and then it's a variable cost per employee per month after that. So there's no setup fee. There's no, you don't have to have this system and this and that and the other thing. You just have to say, okay, we're doing it. We set it up, get it working and make sure it's working alongside. And then we turn it over to you with the training to say, there it is, go. And so, 
you know, we, we brought, as an example, a company on, they had uh, nine employees and uh, took us, you know, about a week to do the conversation. After they did all the formulas and calculations that we say of cost, they went, oh my God, this is way cheaper than what we were doing it as. And we spent about a half hour, you know, on a session to train their people how to use it. And they went from spending four to six hours every two weeks to do a payroll to 10 minutes every two weeks. And now that they have more people in front of their clients making more money. But you had to get through that whole discussion. So, and their cost is just a variable per employee, per pay run or per month fee that's charged with that. Because it was uh, folks like you, know at one time that said, just give us a damn number so that we can say we got 100 employees times what the number is so I can budget for that as opposed to, oh, you got this fee and that fee. So it, again, simplicity of here's, here's the formula and the calculation. That certainly makes budgeting so much easier. Now that one happened to be a client with nine employees. But I think I understand you have some pretty large clients. So in those large clients, the needs must be fairly diverse. I would think they probably, some of them would be unionized, some would have hourly paid, some would have consultants. Um, Your system sounds like it's very modular. So in those people that are perhaps working part-time or piecemeal, can you even handle uh, time-sheeting and perhaps vacation aspects through the payroll? It's it's all in there. So what we, you know, time management. So we have, you know, time, you know, time tracking, uh, you know, there's two components to that. One is projects, because you're probably going to have to bill for that time. That's different than how you get paid. Those are two different sides of it. So we built that into there so that on the same login, you can just move back and forth and say, okay, I'm on this project. So the basic, inf- you know, all that information can be gathered. The information that you get paid on is, you know, you got labor standards. There's a whole set of rules that deal with that, that you have to make sure you're compliant with. That's in there. Vacation tracking, sick flex benefits, uh, leave of absence. Uh, We're now doing uh, pension calculations for the uh, LAPP. We've got those formulas now built in. You know, we brought on a couple of clients with that. So now we're getting into that those calculations are automated so it can just pump out the system. And, And you have to build it so that, you know, whenever they change the percentages, you can follow that through because that happens at different times of the year than your pay cycle, right? Or could, you know, overtime, stat holiday, all of those things are automatically calculated from the from the timesheet. And so once the time is set in and approved, you know, once that's ready to run the payroll, it just all flows up. So it's not it's not pulled across from another system or another app or another, you know, you called it modular. We've built it so that everything is available. It's not module where you say, like everybody's used to, well, I'll get this module. Well, now they got to do a bunch of work to integrate it. It's it's just there. And we keep adding to it to what the world is changing to because uh, how we how employees want to be dealt with is changing dramatically. Pricewaterhouse has many surveys and reports out on that. Uh, it was taught in one of their senior retired partners that started sharing that with me. And, I was, and he said, you got it. That's what people want. So you have to build the system so that you don't have to bring, you don't have to hire somebody within your company to say, I need somebody that understands this now, or we have to send you to courses. That's the difference of our system is it's all built into the system. So you don't have to have those books. 
books or those, you know, that reference back because it does change and the rules stay there. That really is comprehensive. Sounds fantastic. So what trends do you see impacting uh, your company and and the clients or, or the industry over the next, let's call it three to five years? It's coming down um, to choice. The employees are demanding more choice. They want to be, I got some notes here because this is, it's it's not that it's complicated. It's just, you got to use the right words. So employees, the younger generation that's coming up and you, and actually when I start talking to some of this, the, the more gray haired executives are going, well, I want that, right? So they want to have a single login and they want their life to be made easier. They want choice. We have a you know, choice in what my benefits are. The trend is going to go away from salaries plus benefits. That's a systemic 50-year-old system or 100-year-old system that was put into place by the financial world. And the trends are going away from institutionalized processes. We know no longer do people expect to get on a job and stay there for 100 years and retire and get a pension. And companies have become less loyal to their employees. It used to be that the, you you got a job with a company and the company wanted to look after you because it was to their benefit to keep, you know, to keep you there because they kept going. That's changed. That is all flipped. Now the companies are no longer loyal to you. As soon as something sort of happens, remember, you know, we earlier spoke about, a, you know, the short-term trend of short-term thinking. Well, as soon as something happens, they lay off a whole bunch of people and then they try to hire them back. And and employees are looking at, gee, I can make an extra three or four thousand dollars a year over there, I jump. And we're getting into a gig economy. So people want to be transitioning back and forth all the time and moving. And they want choice. So we've built our because we built the system the way we did, we can now allow the employee to choose how they get paid, not being dictated by the company. And everybody wants to be looked at as individual. So when we take a look at an employee, like just you and I as an example, your family situation needs for benefits are different than mine and different than the kid that's 24 years old. Well, we're just barely above 24. Uh, yeah, years. Uh, that was my last birthday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so their needs are different. So we have to be able to, and, and the insurance companies have not adapted to that. They're still of, this is what you get. You know, you pay the premium and this is, and we'll dole the money out to you. Where the individual wants to make choice and say, well, if I want to have a whole bunch of massages because I, I've got good teeth and I'm healthy and I don't use prescriptions, they don't want to be penalized. And, and, and that employee under a conventional system gets compensated less than you or I do if we use the system more. So if we are like, I'm heavy in prescriptions, I smoke, uh, you know, let's do all these different things. I might get a whole bunch of benefits out of that premium the company's paid for where the 24 year old is getting nothing because we geared the program for me because I'm the executive. Employees don't believe in that anymore. They go, no, I want my own choice. So we allow the employee to choose what they get. And nobody else can do that because the insurance companies won't allow it. So we went in and said, okay, we're going to mess with this. And we built our own stuff to do that. So we we can allow the employee to choose. And if we allow them to do that, they can actually increase their take-home pay by 6 to 8% because CRA, IRS, whatever the country is, they have rules in there that allow the uh, that do allow choice. But we have this systemic problem of everybody in HR and payroll and accounting for 50 years have been trained. Well, this is how you do it. Here's the process. We've broken the process. We said, you don't have to have one as long as you stay within budget, right? Because the company is worried about my budget. So that's how we deal with the company. We just brought a client and, the, and we just brought a client on uh, Monday and we were talking to the employees. 
a lot of skepticism at the very beginning. And about 20 minutes into the meeting, they're all go, uh, you started hearing, I like this. I want the, I want, and there was five out of, you know, about five uh, out of the 20, or there was 30 there. Very skeptical even after that. And I've just started seeing the emails here. They're all on board now going, oh my God, I, now I realize it's just a little bit of education. And, and we have the formulas to show how their take-home increase. And they're going, gee, I get all of this coverage and everything. And my take-home pay went up in real, real terms. One of them just had a thing there by 3.2%. They, they went through the calculator. And so that's significant for people on a limited budget, mm-hmm. right? So it's employee-centric. So where's the industry going? We have to go to make it more employee-centric. Fortunately, from a competitive standpoint, all of all of the other competitive software can't do that because it's required outside work in order to make that happen. This allows, remember the C, well, you didn't remember the C-suite. The C-suite has always had this type of a program. So all of the executives and companies have always been able to do this. They've never brought it down to the employees. Why? Because it's too hard to administer. So that's when we set this up. Now the company with 5, 10, 15 employees can do this without having to hire somebody that understands it. And in fact, you and I both know that most accountants in public practice don't understand this because they got too much other stuff to understand. Yeah. Yeah. They focus is elsewhere. Yeah. So all of that's in there. So now the small business can compete for employees based on better choice or the same choice and a different work environment. And that's where we're going, the gig economy. I don't know what's going to happen in the digitization world. We all know that everybody's going, oh, we're all going to work from home. And a lot of people that are working from home now are going, no, I want to go back to the office. And <laughs> But it is going to change. It is going to, you know, we are going to have, it's not going to go back to the way it was. It's going to go to a new way and it's going to be part of the past and it's going to be part of the future. It's just that it's just not going to be, oh, we're in the future and everybody's going to work from home. That does, That's not going to work efficiently either. No. You know? So you have a lot of experience, both in MediDirect, HRN now, and in other companies in the past. Uh, what techniques or secrets have you used for unlocking their business growth in the, those companies? I mean, you've already mentioned that in many ways you are contributing to the growth of your clients through this flexibility, but any particular comments? Listen, it's simply listening because everybody, <laughs> years ago, I said, you know what I need, you know, when I turned all those companies around successfully in every industry. So it's interesting that I used to say to, to some of the people, you know what I should do is get a business card and, and write business psychologist on it and then bold the B and bold the S in psychology. <laughs> because, and somebody said, well, why? And I said, well, Normally, when I say all I did was sat down and listened to the owner, listened to the the receptionist, listened to the, you know, the guy, uh, the the janitor, because they they will tell you things, they observe things, and that's what we've gotten away from is that we don't observe. We get a spreadsheet and we put numbers on it and go, oh, yeah, here's where we're going to go. And earlier we said, you know, somebody had watched Sesame Street and say, well, what's going to happen next? That's what you have to do, but. The BS thing is that we talk and they always told me what they needed to do. They just weren't doing it. And so, you know, you are always good at this, Nola, saying, okay, well, why? You know, and trust me, I got my wife that does this all the time, Jacqueline. She's always going, you know, okay, you know, they push the norms and they ask why. And then, you know, they, she boxes me in a corner, which annoys me, but, you know, but, <laughs> but she's right. You know, you get to the point where you're going, okay, you're right. I... I don't know why I'm doing this, but if you get to the why, and then you and then you just ask the question, well, why aren't you doing this? Well, that's not my business model. 
Yeah, but people are, you know, for example, people are calling you and asking you, if, are, are you in that business? So what the hell is it that's making them call you? Get in the business. They're asking, they're knocking at your door. So it was just listening and then asking them, well, why aren't you doing this? And, you know, every business starts by doing the SWOT analysis. You know, what's our strengths and weaknesses and opportunities and threats? The minute you talk about your strengths and weaknesses, you never talk about your opportunities. You need to start the other way. They should have called it toes. And that's what, you know, and it, everybody says, oh, we still do that. No, you don't. Never, ever, ever look at your strengths or weaknesses when you're looking forward. So it's always, what's, where's the opportunity? And that's how I built this was, well, shit, people need this, right? What's my threats? You know, ADP, Sridi, and the guys are multi-billion dollar year corporations. Why are they a threat? And then I looked at it and I'm going, well, geez, they're not a threat. They're my strength because they don't do it. You know, that's how you have to think. And so when you listen, I, I use the old six-sided cube thing. Um, an old an old Chinese gentleman put a dice on a table and said, what is that? And it was a glass dice and it had a dot in the middle. And I said, you know, it's a dice, it's a cube. It's, a, you know, I'm, I'm acting Canadian, right? And doing the obvious. <laughs> and he said, no, he said, look at it. So what he said is what it represents is seeing, you have to look at all six facets of that thing to understand what's in the middle. So you have to understand all six sides of the argument. When we're when you're the chair of a board of a, a group or you're leading a group, your job is to make sure that all six of those discussions come out on the table to solve that problem. And so that's listening. And that's and when you're not hearing things that you know are out there, that's when you have to ask the question of, uh, "Hey, Nola, why aren't you speaking? What what's on your mind?" Right? Because. People around, you know, the silent ones are probably the ones that have the most profound things, but you've got to draw that out. So No, that's very true. The, 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 the... You unlock the value, you have to you have to look over the hill mm -hmm. and you always have to be looking at where's the opportunity. And the business plan is the description of changing your strengths and weaknesses. So if you know where you're going to go, you then have to determine what you need to get there, right? And then... You, you have to take a look at what you have, and then you describe, okay, oh, well, I got to change this, or I got to change that, or I got to move that. And then you put dollar amounts to it, and you have your business plan. Awesome. But your, your stated objective is your opportunity. And if there's a threat out there, you can turn that into an opportunity. You just have to understand why it's a threat. It's called collaboration, maybe. Maybe you go and talk to your competitor, you know. So those are the things. So to make things successful, you just, you have to always be questioning the norm and don't do things the same way you always did because the economy is changing every two, three months now. And sewage is sewage, right? Has to run downhill. That's that's an industry that's going to stay fairly stable, but they have different ways of making it go down the hill. So you got to adapt. Makes a lot of sense. So on that topic of the, the opportunities, um, what worries and excites you about the future? Um, sadly, I don't worry about anything. Maybe that's my downfall. Um, that's a good thing. That's probably why you're so successful. What excites me is that, you know, I think we've, we're understanding things that most people don't. I think, you know, the world is going to change an awful lot. Canadian build, Alberta build. I think we're going to see the world is going to become a little bit more, you know, we're going to look after our own country first. So what excites me about the future is that people are now looking at what do I have to do, right? I think there's going to be a huge entrepreneurial push because people are forced into it now. A lot of people have lost jobs. A lot of industries are going to change and be different. 
you know, who knew that the drive-through at, at Tim Hortons was going to be the, the the new way of doing going to the restaurant, right? I mean, now it, you know, you're going to see Earl's is going to have a drive-through window. I'm sure. I cannot see that any restaurant chain isn't going to put that into place that you can just drive by and pick your food up as you go by and have, you know, they're still going to have the dining experience when this comes through, but it's going to, it's just going to change. Yeah, right? and change is a constant. So. so the future, I think, is exciting because our platform anywhere in the world allows the smaller business person that's starting up to actually do the things they can compete with, with the bigger folks. So entrepreneurialism is being forced on us because a lot of people aren't going to have a choice other than to set up their own practice, business, etc. And I think we're good that way. And so I'm excited about that. I'm excited about uh, people are now questioning the norms that we used to have. People are questioning what we do with our spare time. So there's, I think that the opportunities are greater and bigger now than they ever were. Even, okay, so we got to sit at home a little bit longer, but we're going to come through this. And uh, so I'm excited about it. You know, Canada, Canada is one of the few countries in the world that can be self-sustaining in everything. We need to get away from being a third world country of not, uh, of just giving our resources away. I mean, we're, why aren't we selling pasta to the Italian? Why aren't we producing the cell phone telephone cases in Alberta or in Canada, doesn't matter where it is, we can do it here because we've got the raw good. We can take it and sell it to China. Like, why aren't we involved in that? No, instead, we let them do it and then sell it back to us for a $1,000 cell phone case, you know, whatever. We are letting so much money leave this country. And that's where the entrepreneurialism needs to come in. We need to change our government to buy Canada first. I've just, in the last month, I've seven instances that our provincial government has bought out side of the country when the product is cheaper in this in the province you know they drive down the road for 30 minutes and place the order but we didn't support local our provincial government didn't support local and that really pisses me off let's put it in real terms and there's no reason for it other than well i don't know what the reason is <laughs> it was their choice shall we say was the reason but that's what the future should be we should be looking at we can do this here we buy and then what we don't need and use here yeah we export we do bring that money in and and canada is in a unique position that it can do that we have a lot of highly educated intelligent capable people in canada there's absolutely no excuse for lack of entrepreneurialism or using the technological know-how that we are developing. I am proud to be 100% designed, developed, programmed everything in Canada, in Alberta. I did not offshore anything. That goes to that point of talent. Everybody, oh, well, it's cheaper to do it here. You can do it there. You can do it there. Why are we letting our money go out there when I can do it here? And that's what we did. I'm probably the only 100% Canadian built. Like, And I'm now promoting. We're Alberta built. We're Canadian built. Remember uh, Hawaii? you know, Maui built, it was kind of a thing, it was a t-shirt thing or whatever. But you know what, Alberta has, we got to get back to being, you know, we we have an extremely intelligent group of people in Canada and in North America. So let's do it. Canada is still recognized around the world as one of the, a great country to, you know, to do stuff with. Let's do it. Alberta built, Canada built, let's, and, and our damn governments need to buy here first. From the perspective of your system, you have a Canadian-built system that's capable of running payroll absolutely, well, payroll benefits and the human resource information system data anywhere in the world. People, everybody, there's no difference between a Canadian and American and a British and a, whatever the country you're from. We're all people. We have 
huge amounts of immigration. We have multiculturalism, benefits, how we live, how we want to be compensated is all different. They, that's here. Our system can support that and allow everybody to work without having that barrier of, gee, I'm not getting compensated correctly here because of how I live or how what my beliefs are or what my values are. That doesn't matter. Let that individual have the choice and keep it out of the HR department's hands because everybody wants to be treated as an individual. You know, I'm, you know, I want, I want my stuff and I want to be part of a team, right? So that's, that's the tricky part of, of doing this. It is the complex side because it's so individual. So what thoughts would you like to leave us with today? Well, you know, I could probably go on forever. You know, the biggest thing is the thoughts is that, you know, let's support ourselves locally, let's support individually, and then you you expand that out and then we become worldly. We don't start out being worldly and then trying to fit it into where we are. We need to get back to community. The old days, everybody's sitting down and trying to make sure their small community grows. Get decision-making, get business, get that sort of thing, because that's where the tax base is. If we do that, I think we'll have a much stronger economy. And, and I think this break and all of the crap that's going on in the politics in the world is going to have people start thinking that way and stop trying to live in the past of one industry towns because every one industry town or province has always fallen apart whether it was mining the resource industries now we've got tech coming tech has been here before and that burst apart back in 2000 but it's coming back and there's a, all of these things are happening but a one a one industry community eventually falls apart because that industry doesn't last forever and that's what people are forgetting is that of course a lot of them are going I just need five more years and I'm retired well what you know things move on and that's what society has done for two or three hundred years that we live the way we are is that we were able to change and move forward so let's do that so let's be honest diversity makes everything stronger whether it is diversity of thought diversity of nationality, diversity of culture, but uh, living and thinking as a greater community for the greater good is the add-on to that diversity. Everyone will get so much better if we are diverse in our thinking and approach on all of these things. Okay, so how can listeners get hold of you and HR and and MediDirect if they're interested in chatting further? Well, well, probably the best way is uh, email. So murray.malley at hrn.com. Uh, our phone number is on the website, uh, just hrn.com. Connect up with me on LinkedIn. I've done that with many, many people and, and chat. But, you know, we're, we're here for business and we're here to discuss, you know, I guess that's the, the beauty of our organization is that we help solve problems and provide solutions. And I will connect up those methods of, of contacting you in the show notes okay. so that if anybody is listening to the podcast on the run, we can facilitate an easier contact. And certainly nobody's going to struggle with spelling the name <laughs> or struggling with how it's written yeah, or anything like that on the website. So thank you very much for joining us today, Marie. That was a really interesting conversation. And you certainly have a very powerful system with a lot of potential. Well, thanks for reaching out. No, I think this is great. And, you know, from your standpoint, as I say, I've known you for a lot of years and uh, just want to thank you for this opportunity to uh, to do this, but also to express that, you know, you I've got I've gleaned an awful lot of knowledge and, and uh, ways of doing things from you in the past, but hopefully in the future, too, that there's so, you know, if there's anybody out there that wants good knowledge and wants a, a good steady hand and thought, uh, you're there, too. I mean, you're you've got a huge 
amount of information and, and knowledge you can pass on to people and help them grow. As you say, you know, what what you see is the future. Like you're just as big a resource or better than I am in many respects. You've got some more international stuff. So I would definitely, uh, you know, as I say, toot your own horn too, Nola. It doesn't seem that anybody's kind of doing that on your behalf and you offer to do it here. So thank you for, for my... Thank you very much. Very much appreciated. Thanks very much and enjoy the rest of the day. The Unlocking Business Growth Podcast is sponsored by Protea Consulting Professional Corporation. We help our clients achieve the business growth and success they are capable of. They innovate and strategically anticipate, fine-tune their highest impact business variables, and regularly exceed aggressive growth and cash flow targets. If you would like to know more, here are four ways you can help energize your business growth. Number one, subscribe to the Unlocking Business Growth podcast to hear from other companies that have overcome growth hurdles they have experienced. Hit the subscribe button in your podcast app right now or go to proteaconsulting.ca slash podcast. Number two, get your free copy of NOLA's latest book, The 5F Strategy, Bottom Line Growth in Any Economy Without Additional Sales and Marketing to discover her proven strategies for growth. Go to proteaconsulting.ca slash book. Number three, download a copy of the Financial Growth Scorecard to assess your current status and what to work on next on your growth journey. Go to proteaconsulting.ca slash growth. Number four, work with us to achieve the growth and success your company is truly capable of. To find out if we're a fit, email NOLA at info at proteaconsulting.ca or send us a note on the website at proteaconsulting.ca slash contact.